All right, my turn to say something about last night's debate. Yeah, it's been scrutinized and analyzed, but uh, I'm not done. I have a couple of things to say. And number one, it didn't matter. Without Trump, it doesn't matter. And Donald Trump should not be there. Um, and actually, I resent these guys. I do. Uh, by going to that debate, what did they show? They're showing that they hope one of these prosecutions against Donald Trump works. That's what they're banking on. That's my sense, right? They want him to get convicted. They want this. They're not rooting for him right now. I don't see how they could be. Why are they going to these debates? They're zero in the polls, five points in the polls, yet they still show up. They want the opposition to be successful. They want those fraudsters, the prosecutors, the Democrats to be successful prosecuting our guy. And isn't it amazing how it's not working? This mugshot, the infamous mugshot, actually illustrious, awesome. Last night at that rally, and you've seen these all around, right? <laughs> the mugshot, your worst moment turns out to be the best moment. You see the guy back there with the mugshot on the, on the sweatshirt? I love that this thing has become, well, a thing. And more on Donald Trump in a moment. Uh, but Vivek Ramaswamy, let's face it, last night, he had, a, he had a good night. He was incredibly articulate, forceful, bold, innovative, creative, and he said some things that had to be said. You heard he wants Ronna McDaniel gone. What does anybody owe Ronna McDaniel? Why? I mean, it's a great point. Uh, she should have been gone years ago. Said it out loud. She's sitting in the first row. That's beautiful. He also took on the media. I mean, in a way that I've never seen. Sure, we talk about them when they're not around, but to do it right to their face, I mean, right to their face about that, the Russia Gate stuff. You could pick a thousand examples. He chose a good one. Christian, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Sorry. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mr. Ramaswamy, and they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn to That's Governor, Governor Christie. Why are you... Good for him. And how about that? I mean, that smile on that uh, Kristen Welker, is that her name? It just confirms it, right? Yeah, you got us. <laughs> what can I say? Guilty as charged. All right, what else happened last night? Nikki Haley is getting positive uh, marks. Uh, not from me. I'm sorry, I'm not impressed. Number one, she promised she would never run against Donald Trump. She's doing that. I found her very fourth grade teacherish. Nothing wrong with being a fourth grade teacher because you're talking to fourth graders in a certain way, right? But she's talking to all of us like we're fourth graders, and she kind of thinks she's all that. I'd first like to say they're five-inch heels, and I don't wear them unless you can run in them. Um, well, we got two this, of you on stage. The second there, thing so. that I will say is I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. Oh, you go, girl. That is too... Cornball. It's just not going to work, in my opinion. And she's totally overstating her foreign policy credentials, which she really totally lacks. More on that a little bit later down the road. 
Who was watching the fact checkers? The fact checkers, they are very, very serious, right? They, they listen to everything and they find out whether it's true or not. The fact checkers, they are so essential to good journalism. Just ask the fake news. All of us in media, you know, we sort of, we try to fact check, we try to show where Trump is lying. It's just not true. Our fact checker, Daniel Dale, went through this. On this program, we do all kinds of fact checks. Evidence may not exist. That is the contention. And that is what our own fact checking has shown so far. Ooh, fact check. They're fact checking when the media fact checks. Watch out. They really are not checking anything. They are fact cheaters. They are manipulating information to say that our side, we're always wrong, we're always lying. They are. And I'll prove it to you right now. It's really amazing. You know, Ron DeSantis, uh, you know who I'm rooting for, Trump. But he had not a bad night and made a solid point. And what is Biden doing? Not only is he not helping the Jewish students who are being persecuted, he is launching an initiative to combat so-called Islamophobia. No, it's the anti-Semitism that's spiraling out of control. Sorry. He's totally right. We've seen the anti-Semitism. It's everywhere in a way that shocks the senses. I have never, would never expect it to happen in this country. It's happening all over the place. People ass uh, assaulted based on their faith. It is crazy. It is un-American. Uh, the ADL reports a 400% increase, at least, in these uh, anti-Semitic attacks. So you heard what he said. I know what Joe Biden said. I know that Ron DeSantis is right. And here come the fact checkers, right? They're going to set the record straight on what DeSantis said. Watch. Anderson, this claim is highly misleading in a couple of ways. Number one, let's note the governor's use of the phrase so-called Islamophobia. Islamophobia, hatred of fear of suspicion of Muslims, is not a so-called. It is a very real thing that people in this country have been killed over, including recently, unfortunately. It very much exists. Notice how he doesn't use any data. He can't cite any statistics about a spike about rampant Islamophobia. We hate Islamophobia, but it is completely eclipsed by the rise in anti-Semitism. Totally fair statement from Ron DeSantis. Next. The governor's clear suggestion here is that the president, the Biden administration, is only addressing Islamophobia and not anti-Semitism at all. And that's just not true. Uh, while the Biden administration did announce last week that it is developing a national strategy to counter Islamophobia, Biden's White House had already released its national strategy to combat anti-Semitism months ago, Anderson, in May. In May. We put out a position paper in May. Well, it's November, six months later, the worst atrocity since the Holocaust has happened in October. And they're trying to actually say that Ron DeSantis was dishonest last night. These are the dishonest ones. One more. This is a doozy. We know that President Biden himself has repeatedly denounced anti-Semitism, both in the wake of this Hamas attack in October and for years before. A quick Google search I did this evening brought up numerous examples dating back years. So the pretty inflammatory suggestion here that Biden is ignoring Jews in this fraught moment in favor of Muslims after the attack is just not correct. In the key days after October 7th, Joe Biden was mute for consecutive days about anti-Semitism. He was. And a quick Google search that I conducted revealed episodes of outright anti-Semitism from the lips of Joe Biden. My son is attorney general a year in Iraq. 
came back, and that's one of the things that he finds is was most in need when he was over there in Iraq for a year. People would come to him and talk about what was happening to them at home in terms of foreclosures, in terms of bad loans that were being, I mean, these Shylocks who took advantage of, uh, of these women and men while overseas. Shylock? The banker in Shakespeare, right, who was guilty of usury and outlandish interest rates, that is an anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish slur. No way around it. Joe started his career with anti-Semitism, an iconic magazine profile done all the way back in 1974. Joe Biden made an anti-Semitic joke. Biden tells him a joke with an anti-Semitic punchline and asks that it be off the record. Famous profile by Kitty Kelly. Uh, this is real stuff, okay? The fact checkers. Watch out for them. They're always out to protect Democrats and get our side, especially Trumpers, especially MAGA. And it's all fake. There was a rally last night featuring President Trump, and um, you got to watch these rallies from beginning to end. Very, very helpful, informative, entertaining, and uh, real. You know, the last debate was the lowest-rated debate in the history of politics. So, so therefore, do you think we did the right thing by not participating? Somebody said, oh, some one of the dumber ones. He doesn't have the courage to stand up. Well, listen, I'm standing in front of tens of thousands of people right now, and it's on television. That's a hell of a lot harder to do than a debate. And the people get it. And he's right. When you're on stage, it would have been a half dozen candidates. And what happens when you're on stage with other candidates? Well, you share the time, right? Ron DeSantis spoke for about, I don't know, 12% of the time, maybe less, um, or 20%, however you want to look at it. The, he did say some things. I said he had a decent night, and he did. But he also got on my nerves with this. If you look where we are now, it's a lot different than where we were in 2016. And Donald Trump's a lot different guy than he was in 2016. He owes it to you to be on this stage and explain why he should get another chance. Why be on that stage with him? He doesn't owe the Republican National Committee anything to be on that stage. We get it. We know what he's doing now, and we know what he did as president. Hey, Roe v. Wade, it was the law of the land for 50 years, right? And it went away because of Donald Trump. Yeah, it did. It's amazing what God can do through <laughs> the least of us or the most of us or whatever. There he is, a playboy in the early 1990s, right? Donald Trump. <laughs> and he's the one who made Roe v. Wade go away. And how do they do it? By appointing the right justices. He said he would do it, and he did it. Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, you know? George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush, they all talked a big game. And, uh, but this guy actually went out to the mall and met to the right to lifers. And, but you know what? A lot of the evangelicals, a lot of the people who wanted Roe v. Wade to go away for all those years, let President Trump down, let the country down, I believe, last year. And they just might do it again. Abortion's a very sensitive issue. 
we have to start talking about it. Pro-lifers have to start talking about it better and more effectively. Donald Trump, I think, is coming up with a way to do that. We have to help him. Watch this. This is back in September. We can win elections on this issue, but it's very delicate, and explaining it properly is extremely important. Many politicians who are pro-life do not know how to properly discuss a topic which is so important to the people in this room and so important to millions and millions of people in our country. You know, that polls 51-49, and it goes both ways. It's been that way for many years. He's right. And abortion really prevented the red wave. Remember the red wave that was supposed to happen? Well, got a lot of people out to vote. Look, I'm pro-life, you might be pro-life, but it is a very divisive issue, and the country doesn't seem to be there yet. You know, we did lose, right? The Kansas uh, initiative, uh, more recently this week, the Ohio initiative that enshrines somehow abortion rights. There's so much at stake right now in the 2024 election. I don't want abortion to reelect Joe Biden, do you? Roe v. Wade a horrible law. We had it for 50 years. The 1970s, right? They were, um, well, it was an unsettled time, you know, gas shortages and all that kind of thing. But when you look back, it was a lot better than what we're dealing with right now. How about the 1980s? Roe v. Wade was the law of the land. But somehow things were a lot more normal than they are today. Even the 1990s, right? It was kind of a placid era. We all watched Titanic. It was... I don't know. America was a lot more sane than it is now. And what is going on right now? Yeah, Roe v. Wade is gone, but this is being popularized and normalized. Monsters showing up in schools with our children. There are a lot more things going on than abortion. We, President Trump is right. We got to get better at talking about that issue because if we don't, it's going to take us down next year. And that can't happen. I'll be right back. So, a timeout in the middle of the war between Israel and Hamas. Israel and the terrorists. Just going to take a little break here. Uh, I've heard of something like this before. Maybe a prisoner exchange or to negotiate the terms of surrender. But none of that seems to be in play here. Uh, a four-hour break from fighting. I don't know about this one. I don't think it's a good idea. And it probably isn't, because after all, Joe is involved. Did you ask for a three-day pause to get in Yahoo? You know I've been asking for a pause for a lot more than three days. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, a lot more than three days. It is bizarre. All right, a timeout. Remember, these people are terrorists, right? But Tony Blinken is uh, involved in the details, and it's going to go down something like this. We all agreed that humanitarian pauses would advance key objectives to protect Palestinian civilians, to increase the sustained flow of humanitarian assistance, to allow our citizens and foreign nationals to exit, and to facilitate the release of hostages. Seems to have a big question mark over half that stuff, right? Facilitate the humanitarian assistance. Uh, this is not the way you talk if you're uh, America's top guy in foreign affairs. Sorry. 
We're negotiating with terrorists. They're negotiating with terrorists. Remember, they took innocent women and children hostage. They're still being held hostage. And look at how they treated them. The back of that pickup truck. You're going to see a, this is a person we believe is alive in the back of the pickup truck. Um, you can see the flesh. Do you see it? They're beating him every step of the way. Hmm? These are the people who we're negotiating a humanitarian pause with. It's kind of like humanitarian doesn't really go with our enemy here, Hamas and the Hamas supporters. I don't see it that way. And we're not hearing much about the hostages, are we? I, barely, barely the hostages. How long have they been detained, kept in savage conditions? 33 days. 33 days uh, of American hostages in captivity and several hundred from other uh, places like Israel. And we're negotiating. I am really kind of worried about this. Look, let's hope for the best, right? And let's hope that the squad isn't calling the shots here. The squad right here, these, uh, these crazy women, are the heart and soul of the Democrat Party. They are. And Joe can't lose them. And he's playing a game, right? He wants to be seen as supporting Israel, but he's really cozy with these folks. So how does he do it? By sending mixed messages. The day after the attack, Joe Biden said nothing. On October 8th, Joe Biden had nothing to say. He had nothing to say on October 9th, uh, on Monday. <laughs> Where was the leadership? And then on Tuesday, he comes out and makes a statement. What does he do? He does not talk about Iran. And he doesn't mention the anti-Semitism, which at that point was flourishing globally, especially here in America. This is how you play both sides. This is how you get cozy with the left. His base, the far left, we all want the hostages home and protected. It has to remain a priority. No one's talking about them. And I feel fear out of sight, out of mind. All right. Now this. All-out manhunt tonight in this small central New Jersey town, just 40 miles southwest of New York City. After this man, wanted in connection to the attack at the Capitol on January 6th, evaded arrest. They really brought out the big guns to find this guy. Uh, who is he again? Let's put his picture up. They're looking for him. Uh, it looks like half the FBI and their SWAT teams, Greg Yetman, wanted in connection to January 6th. Previously evaded the rest, they tell us, fled on foot. Can I see uh, that picture of him on January 6th? Just standing there, not hurting anybody, not breaking anything. Nearly three years later, they sent in the SWAT team. They're ripping up the guy's property. Look at this. They, they go into a shed. and I don't know. I'm sorry, but I don't trust the FBI. Not since Strzok and Page and making January 6th the number one priority for American law enforcement, which they did, which they did. For a moment there, when I heard somebody arrested or they want to find him in connection to January 6th, I was thinking Officer Byrd, Lieutenant Byrd, right? The guy who shot and killed Ashley Babbitt. I could understand the SWAT team showing up there. But not Greg Yetman's house. We'll see. Ashley Babbitt. Still, we don't know the facts of this case. We, well, we know what we know, what we've seen, but we haven't had justice, in my opinion. Uh, also, people have been arrested, as you know, and persecuted. People who didn't hurt anybody or break anything, like the Horns guy. He did serious time. Didn't hurt anybody or break anything. For Speaker Johnson who I know is a good man, can we please get the answers to these questions, right? Just for starters. Number one, who's that little cop, 
running around waving people onto the Capitol, into the Capitol. Why were those officers just standing there as everybody came on in? These people are walking into a trap. What is to, what is to make them think that they're not welcome there? And why did these three officers just walk away moments before Ashley Babbitt was shot? Look, they walk away, doo -doo -doo -doo, and then take a look again. All hell breaks loose. We need to know the January 6th committee. <clears throat> they didn't find the answers. They didn't even ask these questions. So, Speaker Johnson, you're a good man, and we're counting on you. And I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. It's the dead of night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What is your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC-14 tip-up pistol from EAA Corp. And Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this. The MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodnight to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boosting a 13 plus one round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense, complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience. Available with all EAA Corp distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit EAACorp.com today. That's EAACorp.com. Not going to get involved in this. That is a question for Hunter Biden's representatives. So, Wait, no. No, 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 no. No, you can't. Green? I'm answering. Okay, we're going to move on. Would you let me answer the question or are you going to? Okay. Okay. I, I'm trying to answer your question. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly disagree that we're, we're, you know, we're, our actions are giving. Is that what you're saying? All right. She's horribly mixed up and not very good at the job. Yet she makes how much money here? $180,000 a year. And you know, they can parlay these jobs, even when you do a crummy job like she's doing, into seven-figure positions post-government service. I don't like it. Our next guest doesn't like it. Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, Republican from upstate New York. A very interesting idea to bust her salary down to a buck a year. Welcome back, Congresswoman. How are you? Great. Great to be on. All right. A dollar a year. Uh, I like it. Uh, well, we can't put her on welfare, though. I mean, that, that's not much money. <laughs> Tell us about this proposal, and can you really pull it off? Right. This is something that has been done uh, many times throughout this appropriations process, and it's the so-called Holman Rule, which allows uh, us in an amendment process to bring the salaries of certain uh, federal officials, uh, bring their salary to a dollar, and it was. it's just a means of trying to reduce uh, our spending, but also it's symbolic. And uh, one of the people who I think deserves it the most is Karine Jean-Pierre. She is repeatedly lying to the American people. Uh, she's made ridiculous statements in her past. And she's someone that doesn't deserve the job. And as you cited, she doesn't do a very good job. Uh, she's been a known election denier. You know, she said that the 2016 election was stolen by Donald Trump. She said that Stacey Abrams was rightfully the winner and the election was stolen from her by Governor Kemp in 2018. So she must assume that 
Stacey's reelection uh, four years later was also stolen. Uh, she's also made anti-Semitic statements. She's called APAC, uh, the well-known uh, Jewish organization, Islamophobic and racist for supporting Israel. And she's made a number of other comments that, about Joe Biden being the only one that's done something on the border. Ninety percent of uh, the problem was solved by Joe Biden, the border. People aren't just walking across. I mean, I could go on and on. There are lists of all the lies that she's made and ridiculous statements. But she's not informing the public, which is the job of the White House press secretary. And I'll tell you one thing I do as a member of Congress is I explain every vote that I take on the House floor in detail. And I do that because I'm trying to be as transparent and as informative as I can be to my constituents and the tens of thousands of people all around the country that look at why I voted the mm. way I do. Uh, it's to decode Washington. It's to help create a self-governing uh, group of people. The people are supposed to be governing our country so they can make informed decisions about voting and bills and understand more about why our country is so important to save and preserve. Uh, you know, a republic, if we, if you can keep it, as has been famously said. All right. I love it. And by the way, you mentioned the anti-Semitism. I mean, this is at least uh, she seems to resent Jewish people. I don't know. But asked directly about the anti-Semitism wave. Uh, she pivoted this way. Take a look level of concern right now about the potential rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on in Israel? So a couple of things. Um, look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threats. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats. Uh, and so I uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. Well, number one, that's not true. And number two, it really shows a hideous bias, doesn't it? Well, good luck. Uh, she doesn't deserve a dollar in my book. Hey, can we talk about the northern border? Uh, you know, we talk about the border. You just mentioned it. But uh, I don't think much about the Canadian border with New York and with, uh, well, about 10 or 12 other states. What's happening up there? Well, first of all, everyone talks about the southern border, but the northern border has had a 350 percent increase in people coming across the border, all kinds, human people that have been human trafficked, there's drug trafficking, there's people we can't identify. They're definitely not uh, you know, young, they're, they're adult age men or, or, young, or young men coming across the border in some cases. And it's much closer and easier to get from the northern border to New York City to yeah. find some of these uh, old time 9-11 style like terrorist enclaves that we know exist all over this country. And hey, Congresswoman, do me a favor, Hamas I wanna show, Upstate New York, we were just looking at the southern border. We know about that, but 347%. Uh, there's your district, and as you mentioned, it's right on the Canadian border. And uh, so who are, how different are they from the people coming in from the south? Who's coming in from the north? Well, many of them are the same people coming from the southern border because in, in the cartels in Mexico issue passports, put people from all over, over 100 countries, they get on a plane, fly a commercial plane, which, by the way, they can put whatever they want in their suitcase. They land in Canada. There is no visa requirement. And they walk across the border, by, led in by the cartels. And guess what our governor does in New York State? They issue valid driver's licenses for anyone, including illegal immigrants. And our police are prohibited from even investigating or questioning somebody's citizenship status. So they can ba basically go anywhere in the United States with a valid New York State driver's license. This is a huge problem and something that we've got to stop from happening. All right. Hey, 
real quick, uh, how do you feel about the new speaker, uh, Speaker Johnson? I think uh, I'm totally impressed, but you work with him. You're right down there. How's he doing so far? He's terrific. He's been a dear friend of mine since we came in as freshmen together. Uh, he's the one who came up with the commitment to civility in 2017 uh, with an equal number of Democrats and Republicans on working together and, and trying to bring the temperature down. And uh, that all kind of blew out of, out, of, out of order when AOC and others got elected. But look, he's a terrific guy. He's smart. He's credible. Uh, he knows the Constitution inside and out. He's got a great, uh, you know, great knowledge of, uh, of law. As we know, that's his background. But he's also a reasonable guy. He has common sense and he's a good person. Uh, he's deeply spiritual, but he is, is not someone that imposes his values on others. He just uses that as his own inspiration and his own transformation to helping others. And that's why he's going to be such a terrific speaker. We got a tough period we're going through right now, uh, but I think in the end he's going to be historic. And he reminds me a lot of Ronald Reagan because what people don't know about him, and you should have him on your show, Greg, he has a wonderful sense of humor. He's terrific mm. and does wonderful impressions as well. Yeah, impressions. I actually saw some on YouTube. He's uh, very, very good. We've had him before, but since he's been speaker, harder to get him on the phone, I understand. Uh, he's busy, but we'll see him eventually. And he's been on other shows here at Newsmax. Claudia Tenney, Republican of Upstate New York, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Greg. Be right back. Look, the story's not about me. The story's not about someone else. It's about you. At The Balance, I remember why I'm here. The more we all know, the better we'll all be. Don't miss Eric Bowling, The Balance, tonight on Newsmax. I was enlisted for all the years I was a senator as the poorest man in the United States Congress. I had the dubious distinction of being enlisted as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I had the great pleasure of being enlisted as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. Mm, something about... Um, who said thou protest too much or thee protest too much or thy protest too much? He's protesting too much. Joe Biden, uh, a new book that you must read. I've got my copy. It's called Corrupt, the inside story of Biden's dark money by Dick Morris. Uh, his previous book about Donald Trump's uh, return uh, did very, very well. Uh, welcome, Dick. We're also joined by Ed Henry. Our newest member of the Newsmax family, he hosts Ed Henry The Briefing, uh, Monday through Friday, 6 to Good 8 to see you. Eastern Time, you bet, on uh, Newsmax 2. Gentlemen, welcome. Hey, um, Dick, congratulations. Uh, there's even more to know about the Biden family that we didn't know already. What's the big thing here? What do you, what's the most important most in the important book? Is that I have a list of 20 government actions taken by the American government under Biden that benefited China and harmed the United States, and the acts of omission and commission. Uh, for example, there were 300,000 Chinese exchange students in the U.S., and Biden closed down the FBI office Trump set up to monitor them to see if there's espionage going on. Uh, the, uh, there were three efforts to open mines to mine rare earth minerals to break the Chinese monopoly and empower our ability to do electric cars and batteries and windmills. And Biden closed them all down on the grounds of the environmental damage. Mm. There was an office established by Trump in the FBI to uh, specifically target espionage from Chinese spies. And Biden and Trump closed it. And Biden closed it down, saying it was uh, 
racial profiling. Uh, the uh, COVID, there has been no investigation of how China started COVID, why they decided to take this virus and make it more deadly to humans and more easily transmissible. Yeah. And in fact, this was a biological attack on the United States. Dick, uh, the list goes on and on. I'd like to bring Ed Henry in. Ed, you've yeah. met Joe Biden many times. You've covered him. You have a long career in Washington, D.C. Just do mm -hmm. me a favor. We, we're hearing a lot that we haven't heard before, but what was his reputation back when you were covering him more or less on a daily basis before he was well, president? It was kind of he's a genial guy who's a B.S. artist. He's always exaggerating things. He wanted to be a Kennedy. He was always following Ted Kennedy around, trying to match what he was as a legislator and an orator. We know that back in the 88 campaign, he had borrowed and plagiarized and all the rest of it. But I was covering him more in the 90s into the 2000s, where he was trying to clean some of that up. But he was always like a guy on the make, the million-dollar smile, always wanting to run for president, um, and um, never could quite get there. It was like this almost accidental run now uh, at the end of his career during COVID, of course, when they were hiding him in the basement. And the other thing I remember um, is covering him on the Hill. He was known, exactly what you said at the beginning, as the poorest senator, because you had Kennedy and all these other uh, rich men and women. But I've got a question for you. If he was so poor now, in retrospect, that's what I thought when I was covering him, why was he loaning his brother and sister-in-law a few years later so much money? I mean, 200 grand, 40 grand. It might be a new chapter in the paperback version for Dick because we're getting all these checks from James Comer. For a poor guy, he, he's handing out loans like it's candy. You know, and he also, what do they say? He dressed rich. He had the kind of outlandish real estate, the, the DuPont estate, all that stuff. Dick, yeah. you've seen this kind of person before, right? I mean, so many do it. They go to government not to serve, but I to make money for themselves. There ain't nobody like Joe Biden. Uh, you mentioned they'd like to be the Kennedys. Well, the Kennedys dispatched their family all over the place to campaign for them. And Bill Clinton sent them all over to get speaking fees for them. But Joe Biden's the only one that sent them over to make corrupt business deals by using his name, using his contacts and influence, and specifically using the entree that Obama gave him. Obama designated him as the administration point man for Ukraine and for Belarus and for, um, uh, and for uh, China. And he used that designation to make business deals, have his son, have his brothers make business deals, from which he profited mightily. In terms of what Ed said, the time left here is Biden raked in money hand over fist after he left the vice presidency in 2017. In that year, he made $15 million. And Ted Cruz has pointed out this, $15 million, that there's a $10 million hole in that of unaccounted income. And that probably is cash from the family. Uh, and that's when all these business deals happen. They, they cooked, he cooked them up while he was vice president, hmm. and he collected the bribes from it while he was running for president. Look, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's a lot of evidence out there. Uh, good luck with the book. It's called Corrupt, the Inside Story of Biden's Dark Money. I am enjoying it by Dick Morris. And finally, Ed Henry, <laughs> uh, <laughs> even though he was kind of authorized to do, you know, work on Ukraine issues by Barack Obama, they were aware and they felt kind of uncomfortable with a lot of oh, what he yeah. was doing, right? I mean, the Obama people knew and they were worried. 
They were. They were worried about Hunter's stuff in private. Uh, he was kicked out of the military, I remember. It was a Wall Street Journal story that he had failed a drug test. I think he was in the reserves. Uh, and they really worked hard to keep that under wraps. They were kind of embarrassed about the Biden family, the Obamas. But also, I remember covering Barack Obama, and there were multiple times where they would say, oh, no, 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 he gets along great with Biden. And then they would appear together, and Biden would just go on and on and say crazy stuff. And I remember one time in particular where Obama grabbed his, his sleeve of his jacket. Come on, Joe. Come on. No, 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 Joe. And it was embarrassing that he had to take the vice president almost to the woodshed in public. And again, they tried to downplay, oh, no, he was just trying to move to the next event or whatever. Yeah. It, Obama was embarrassed. And the final point is today, James Comer, to this day, they're still digging. And on the artwork, they had to, they've now subpoenaed Hunter's art dealer, who did art deals not just in New York, but in China, to Dick's point. Right. Where's that money coming from? And they subpoenaed a Democrat donor who bought some of the art. Why were Democrat campaign donors, Greg, buying the art, which was probably ridiculous art from Hunter? Because they wanted access to Joe, just as yeah. Dick said. It is so wild, so stunning, and so out in the open. Um, I don't think he's going to be the nominee. I think chickens are coming home to roost, as they say. Ed Henry, thank you. Dick Morris, thank you. Good luck with the book again. Hey, Everybody can get it. Go to Newsmax.com for more. Thank you, gentlemen, very, very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. So the great big debate last night. Uh, wasn't so great and it wasn't so big. Take a look at these numbers. Um, we're actually going to start from the right to the left, all right? Fox News Channel, when they had their debate, 9.3 million viewers. Fox Business, 13 million viewers. Last night, 6.86 million. You know, without Trump and with Trump running away with the nomination, um, no one's really interested. And it all seems kind of for naught, except. Looks like those candidates there banking on one of those trials leading to a conviction. Not going to happen. And even if it does, I think there's a, there's a way out. The Supreme Court. Whatever. Um, I do like this Vivek Ramaswamy, all right? I mean, I know he's controversial. I know he's not going to be president. But um, they're out to get him, too. It's amazing if you say a totally truthful statement to the media, how they react. I just think it's true that Biden is not going to be the nominee. I think that most people in the Democratic Party will quietly acknowledge it. Just say it out loud and you build trust with the people. But what I'm saying is as a Republican candidate, I can't just call out Democrats on their corruption. I've called out the Hunter Biden corruption from Ukraine and the $5 million bribe. And I will continue to do that. But I'll call no, out the Republican Party no evidence to as, support, as well as well. There's no evidence to support To support that he was paid a $5 million bribe no. from Burisma. No. Well, if he was, we that's corruption. Fact, okay. We just, but if he was, but I just want you to make well, an allegation where there's no evidence there's literally, to back that up. Okay. Or Daniel Dale literally just talked about this well, on the air. Absolutely. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence and testimonial evidence to suggest it. You have U.S. senators saying they've received information. The, the investigations are proceeding as we speak, but that is corruption in the Democratic Party that I have called out, and I think it deserves to be called but out in the Republican Party that as well. There's no evidence. No, I've not admitted there's, there's absolutely there's evidence. There's circumstantial evidence, but well, look, Chuck Grassley asked Chuck Grassley dollars. for the actual recordings that are actually turned have, over from Burisma. We have them. Nobody so, has seen it. Badgering this guy. Oh, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. There's tons of evidence. Now you can dismiss the evidence. You could quarrel with it, but it is evidence. There are FBI, official FBI forms that document testimony from paid sources 
that Joe Biden and his son received a $5 million bribe. Now, you can reject the evidence, but it is still evidence. And what the House Oversight Committee has come up with, but that kind of stubbornness to interrupt a presidential candidate on something that they're wrong about, they do it, the whole damn swamp does it, big tech does it. I saw so many statements last night on social media that had, like, fact checks from... Silicon Valley? What do they know? They have to stay out of it. They have caused so much trouble in our political discourse. Our children are at risk now. And it's too big for the big tech titans to own big tech. I really think that the government has to take these private companies away from them. Antitrust, we got to figure out a way. Did it to AT&T, did it to Microsoft, broke it up somehow, all right? I think there's, well, take a look at this. Alexander Graham Bell, if he only sold that telephone to people he agreed with politically, uh, the American government would have figured out a way to take that company away from him. Same goes for Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, his beautiful light bulb, he didn't care what people thought. But imagine if he did. Oh, only uh, Democrats can have uh, my light bulb, right? We would have taken that from him, too, somehow. And big tech is the same way. And we got to figure it out because they are destroying this country. And yeah, what do you think, huh? It's that basic. Telephone, light, the Internet. I think we should own it. We the people. And I'll be right back. You've heard about Newsmax Plus. We're very excited about it. So. First of all, if you're watching on uh, satellite TV or through a regular cable subscription, uh, there's nothing you really have to do. Nothing changes. Just keep watching. You have access to everything. However, if you were streaming us on a Roku or maybe through Apple TV or one of those other devices on a smart TV, uh, you're going to have to get Newsmax Plus. And it is a great, great deal, like 16 cents a day. It's nothing. And you get access to so much material. Our lineup, of course, you get this show, Rob Schmidt, uh, Eric Bowling, a lot of other great hosts here. And with Newsmax 2, there are documentaries, movies, uh, so many cool features, and a lot of our archival stuff that is, well, you can only really access it through Newsmax 2. All right. So it's called Newsmax Plus. You go to the website. It'll take you right through it. It's not hard. And it's very much worthwhile. I know you'll enjoy it. I'm enjoying it, my family, and uh, I'm getting my friends into it too. So please join us, all right? Newsmaxplus.com. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, have a great night. I will be back tomorrow. All the best.